Is the Bible, as it is, adapted to man as he is? Now, I'm not talking about the Bible as it might be if it were to have some kind of miracle worked on it. There are those who believe that the seed of the kingdom does not have the germ of life, the power in it to bring about conversion. There are those who do not believe that the seed is adapted to the soil. They do not believe that the Bible is able to do what the Bible itself claims to do. That the Bible is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Psalms 119 and verse 105. The Bible writers themselves inform us that if we read their words properly, we can have the same knowledge that they have. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Paul writes, By revelation, God has made known unto us the mysteries of His will, whereby when you read, you can understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit of God sent down from heaven. So Paul tells us that we can have the same knowledge of the will of God that he himself has if we properly read his message. The Word of God is not a mystery. The Word of God is a revelation of things that were a mystery in the Old Testament times. And so the scriptures are a revelation. But a revelation that still has to be revealed is not a revelation at all. The Word of God, if it has to be revealed to man... because it cannot be understood, is in fact no revelation in and of itself. Can God not reveal his thoughts to man in a way that man can understand him? I think it borders on blasphemy to suggest that the God of heaven, who in fact created our minds and our hearts, cannot communicate himself in a way to be understood. And so the Apostle Paul writes, the Christians in Ephesus, Ephesians 5 and verse 17, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If the Word of God 
is adapted to man so that it can be our all-sufficient guide in matters of faith and spirituality, it is such because it has been revealed to us by the Spirit of God. I direct your attention to Paul's words in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 16, where Paul writes, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, verse 17, that the man of God might be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In that same context, Paul tells Timothy in verse 15 that the Scriptures are able to make you wise regarding salvation. And so with these facts in mind, Paul goes on to give Timothy that charge that we read at the beginning of our study just a moment ago in chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead by His appearing and His kingdom, Paul says, preach the Word. Preach the Word. Family, we as followers of Jesus Christ need to preach the Word. We don't need to preach about the Word. We don't need to pervert the Word. We don't need to apologize for the Word. We simply need to preach the Word. Because the Bible as it is, is adapted to man as he is. Solomon said many years ago, a thousand years in fact before Jesus walked the earth, that man has invented many things, Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 29. Can you imagine all of the things that have been invented since Solomon wrote that? And yet we do not need a modern gospel for a modern age. We need the same threats and the same facts and the same commands and the same promises that the original recipients of the Word of God needed. And so, family, the Bible as it is is adapted to man as he is, and so it needs no further revelation. The Bible was given to us by the Holy Spirit of God. Nehemiah tells us in Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 20 that the Holy Spirit instructed the Israelites. And yet the Holy Spirit did not speak, did not communicate to every single individual Israelite. He communicated to the prophets the messengers of God, who in turn had the responsibility to share that message with others. The prophet Nehemiah, who at the time was serving as governor of Judea, continued in his prayer to God in Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 30, and he says to God, he says, you admonished the Israelites as they wandered around in the wilderness through your spirit in your 
prophets. And so the Spirit of God communicated to God's people through prophets. King David said in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 2, that the Spirit of the Lord spoke through me, David says, his word was on my tongue. Notice, family, that David says the Holy Spirit's words were on his tongue. And so the New Testament writers are unanimous in saying that the Old Testament men spoke as they were guided by the Holy Spirit of God. To give you just a couple of examples, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. The Hebrew writer says, As the Holy Spirit says, and then he quotes Psalms chapter 95, verses 7 through 11. So you see, the Hebrew writer is quoting from the Old Testament, but he begins by saying, This is the Holy Spirit that is communicating. If you were to look over to Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 14, you would see the same thing. As the Hebrew writer talks about the, the, the eternal covenant that God offers to us through Jesus Christ and the fact that Jesus, that God is no longer going to remember our sins and our iniquities, he says, thus it is as the Holy Spirit says... And then he quotes from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. And so the Hebrew writer is supporting his discussion about the quality of the sacrifice of Christ by saying the Holy Spirit teaches us. And then he brings into the discussion Jeremiah 31. The New Testament was also given to us through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In the hours before Jesus was arrested and crucified, Jesus has a discussion with his apostles in the upper room. And Jesus tells them, that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into all truth. And he will bring to your remembrance everything that I have said. In John chapter 14 and verse 26 and John 16 and verse 13. And so Paul, who is an apostle, writes to Christians in Corinth and he says, We do not speak with words of man's wisdom, but we speak with words that have been given to us by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 13. Family, please pay attention to what Paul says. Paul does not say that the Holy Spirit has revealed ideas to us and allowed us to choose our own words. Paul says the Holy Spirit chose words out of our vocabulary to reveal his message through us. Now that process of inspiration does not mean 
that the speaker always understood exactly what he was saying without some further revelation. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. To give you an example, when the apostle Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, he did not understand at that moment that the gospel was for everybody, even though he himself had said it. Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. Even though Peter had heard the words of Jesus Christ, go preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16 and verse 15. No, Peter did not understand on the day of Pentecost that the gospel was for everybody. It took a miracle. Acts chapters 10 and 11 for Peter to finally come to understand that the gospel was for the Jew as well as for the Gentile. The process of inspiration also does not mean that the speaker always did what he himself preached. The teachings that they gave was without because they were guided by the Holy Spirit, but the speaker's own personal behavior was still up to his own choice. Those inspired men were still free moral beings, and they still had to humble themselves and bring their own personal lives into submission to the very message they themselves were preaching, just like you and I have to. And that explains what happens in Galatians chapter 2 when Peter himself sins against God by sinning against his fellow Christians and the apostle Paul has to rebuke Peter publicly in front of everyone. Galatians 2, 11 through 16. So just because they were teaching the truth without error does not mean their own personal lives were without error. No, the apostle John the Apostle John himself writes in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, if we, apostles included, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And so the Bible as it is, is adapted to man as he is. And we're saying that the Bible does not need to have some kind of miraculous work of the Holy Spirit upon the Word in order for it to reach and touch and change our hearts. Because the Bible as it is has been confirmed by the God of heaven to be His final and ultimate message to mankind. When Jesus sent out His apostles... They went everywhere preaching the gospel of Christ, the Lord working through them with the signs that were following them, Mark 16 and verse 20. So to confirm a message means to prove that that message is true. And Jesus gave those first apostles and prophets the ability to confirm that message that they were preaching. So that to a second generation of Christians, the Hebrew writer says, how shall we 
escape if we neglect so great a salvation which was originally preached by the Lord and confirmed to us by those who heard him, God bearing witness with them through signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. And so as those men spread out from Jerusalem preaching and teaching the Word of God, God was confirming that message. He was strengthening that message. He was giving people cause to believe the message through the miracles and signs and wonders that they were performing. And John tells us in John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, that these things were written so that we can believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And by believing, we can have life in His name. You see, the Word does not need to continually to be confirmed over and over again. When the Supreme Court of the United States assembles together and they confirm a decision of a lower court... That decision does not have to be reconfirmed every time the Supreme Court assembles together. Once that decision has been confirmed, that's it. And so today, as I preach the message of God, I don't have to confirm the message that I'm preaching. All I need to do is point back to a book, chapter, and verse penned by an inspired writer of Jesus Christ, and the message stands confirmed. Family, the Bible as it is is adapted to man as he is. Jesus gave his apostles, when he sent them out, the ability to perform these miracles. He said to them, go and heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers. Freely you have received, freely give. Matthew 10 and verse 8. And so Jesus was strengthening the message of those apostles through those miracles that they were performing. Just like he did Moses in Exodus chapter 4 when he sent Moses back into Egypt in order to lead his children, the nation of Israel, out of slavery. So we do not need further confirmation of the Word of God. So all of those religious groups out there that claimed before miracles are false. They are false. And I don't have to go examine the truth of every single one of them if I in fact know what the Bible teaches. Because the Bible teaches that it is the complete revelation of the will of God in man's language, and there's nothing we can do to the Word of God to make it any better. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul gives a list of nine miraculous gifts that were given in the first century in order to confirm the Word. Because from the time the Holy Spirit came on the apostles in Acts chapter 2 until the Bible was completed was about 60 years. 
Now, God didn't wait hundreds of years for His children to learn the foreign languages of the peoples around them in order to share the gospel. He started off with a bang in Acts chapter 2. And He inspired the twelve apostles to speak in the languages of those people who were present in order for them to know immediately in their own language, the language of their hearts, the language that they dreamed in, the message about Jesus Christ. And from that point until the 90s AD, the Word was being taught and the Word was being written down. But once that revelation of God in its completed form came into a written form, the purpose of miracles ceased. The purpose of miracles ceased. And Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 13. And so the Bible as it is, is adapted to man as he is without any further need of revelation, without any further need of confirmation. And that's why, family, we need to preach the Word. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2. That's the reason why we need to speak as the oracles of God. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11. That's the reason why we need to hold to the pattern of sound words. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. That's the reason why we need to contend earnestly for the faith that has been once and for all delivered to the saints. Jude in verse 3. So the Bible as it is, is adapted to man as he is. What I am affirming this morning, family, is that man does not need to have a direct work, a direct operation of the Holy Spirit on his heart in order to prepare him to respond to the will of God. Because the Bible as it is, is adapted to man as he is. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Psalms 19 and verse 7. And so the message of God converts men and women who need to be converted. The message of God as it is has the ability to convert men and women and bring them to Jesus Christ. The Word, James, the Lord's brother, says in James 1 and verse 21, the Word is able to save our souls. And so the Bible as it is, is adapted to man as he is. Yes, there are times where we need help. We need guidance. We need further instruction. But it is the plan of God, it is the will of God that it is Christians who do the further instruction and the further guidance. As Philip does the treasurer in Acts chapter 8. The Holy Spirit sent Philip to tell the treasurer what to do to be saved. The Christians in Berea, Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, searched the scriptures on a daily basis to see if what they were hearing was the truth. And so the Bible as it is is adapted to man's intellect. The Bible compels us to examine its claims on an intellectual level. To examine the claims of the Bible with our minds. Does not God call on us to love Him with all of our minds? 
And so the Bible in and of itself is able to bring us to faith in Jesus Christ. That's an intellectual decision, Romans 10 and verse 17. The Apostle Paul writes to Christians in Corinth that we have all the light we need through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible as it is, is adapted to man as he is with the intellectual needs that we have. But man is more than just an intellectual being. Man also has a will. And our wills have to be engaged in obedience to God in order for us to be saved. But the Bible as it is is adapted to our free moral nature. Because we will not come to God, we will not be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ until we exercise our will, until we do like the boy does in the parable of Jesus in Matthew 21, verse 21, and we come to the point where we say, I will. And the story of the prodigal son, he did not bring himself out of the pig pen until he came to his right mind. And he said, I will go to my father. Luke 15 and verse 18. We are free moral beings and we have the ability and the requirement to exercise our wills and service to God. And the Bible as it is, is adapted to our will. Our will is the strongest force that we have at our control. And the Bible describes the changing of our will based on the presentation of gospel. The Bible describes that change as repentance. And the Bible presents everything that we need to know and compels us in every way it can to change our wills to repent of our sins. The Apostle Paul says to the people in Athens in Acts 17 and verse 30, that at one time God overlooked man's ignorance. But now, now he commands all men everywhere to repent, change their behavior, and get their behavior in line with the expectations of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, man is more than just an intellectual being, and man is more than just a being with a will. Man also has affections. We have emotions. And the Bible as it is, is adapted to our emotions. The Bible fits like a hand in the glove to meet all the needs of the human being as it is. And so the Bible describes the love of God. The Bible describes the, the power and the significance of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The Bible is full of appeals of a loving God to us to touch our hearts, to bring our hearts into submission to His will. And God's love compels us to love Him in return. 1 John 4 and verse 19. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and strength. Matthew 22 and verse 37. Faith works by love. Galatians 5 and verse 6. And so the Bible as it is, is adapted to our emotions, 
to compel us to give our hearts in complete and full allegiance to Jesus Christ. And the heart that refuses to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord is condemned. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 22. And so, so the Bible compels all of us who love God to serve Him. The Bible compels our entire being with our will, our intellect, and our affections to come to God through Jesus Christ on the basis of the gospel message. The Bible itself, as it is, with all of its incentives and all of its motivations and all of the inducements that were created in heaven itself, compels us to submit our lives to Jesus Christ and obey the gospel of Christ. Family, the Bible as it is, friends who are worshiping with us through the internet, the Bible as it is, is adapted to man as he is. In a world that is full of sin and strife, the Bible is adapted to parents and to children. The Bible is adapted to the uneducated and to the educated. It's adapted to the young and to the old. It is adapted to those who are sorrowing in the face of death. It's adapted to the sinner who needs salvation, who needs the burden of sin lifted off of his shoulders. And the Bible is adapted, as it is, to a church that is striving to become more like Jesus Christ. If you need to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, 